0: hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Welcome to the first ever episode of the official podcast for Redbird Rants, Fansided's blog dedicated to all things St. Louis Cardinals. I'm super stoked to get this thing going, help grow the brand, and talk some Cardinals baseball with my fellow contributors, Tito Rivera and Nathan Grimes. What's going on, gentlemen?
1: Nothing much. How are you doing?
0: I'm excellent, you guys. I'm excellent. We got NBA playoffs going, some NHL playoffs, baseball's getting started. It's my favorite time of year.
2: Yes, sir. That's what I like to hear.
0: Tito, what's cracking, brother?
2: Not too much. Kind of reeling from a loss tonight, but uh, hopefully we can uh, pick it up.
0: It's been a disappointing start to the season, but we'll jump into that later, guys. For now, let's introduce ourselves. Nathan, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Redbird Rants, how long you've been writing.
1: All right. My name is Nathan Grime. I'm a freshman in college currently. I just started writing at Redbird Rants about in February, I would say, a little bit before spring training started. So I'm looking to study speech and journalism. Always been a Cardinals fan. Used to live in St. Louis. I now live in Indiana. You know, at Redwood Rants, I'm looking just to write, basically pick up news stories, do analysis, do editorials, anything that I see on the field that I think is intriguing that I would have an opinion on, willing to write about it. So I've been doing that for, I'd say, about two months now, and it's been fun.
0: Yeah, Nathan, you've been doing a great job. And for the listeners at home, if you haven't been, you should be reading him And go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter as well. What's your handle, Nathan?
1: It is at Nate Grime, N-A-T-E-G-R-I-M-E.
0: Go ahead and hit that follow button if you're a Cardinals fan. Tito, tell us about yourself. How long have you been writing for Redbird Rants?
2: What's going on, everybody? My name's Tito. Uh, I've been writing for Redbird Rants since January. I do a couple of analysis pieces, editorials. I live in Kansas City now, so my best friend is MLB TV, so... I uh, I enjoy my time uh, watching the games as as many as I can.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it's been fun having you aboard. Again, Tito's also a great writer. You got to check him out. Make sure you're reading his stuff. Tito, what's your Twitter handle, dude?
2: At Triveratops, T-R-I-V-E-R-A-T-O-P-S.
0: There it is. My name's Brendan Vogt. I've been writing for Redbird Rants since, I'd say, last August. If you're new to the site, you probably haven't seen my name. I've taken a brief hiatus here. I've been covering the NBA playoffs. But guys, it's baseball season. I'm ready to dial it back in. I'm locked and loaded. Let's get after it, man. Let's talk a little Cardinals baseball.
1: All right, what's on tap?
0: First and foremost, one thing I really wanted to talk about. We got a player here hitting north of 300. He's got an OPS north of 900. If you had to take one guess of what player I'm talking about right now, who would you guess? Long-
1: yeah, I mean, after tonight, it would be Colton Wong three for three for four, I think, tonight.
0: And that's a bit surprising, right? If you're a Cardinals fan, you know, as spring training was wrapping up, there was a lot of conversation surrounding Colton Wong. What his future was with this organization looked for a bit like he might get traded. Nathan, where do you land on the Colton Wong fence in terms of trading him or keeping him?
1: Yeah, I'm probably one of your more optimistic Cardinals fans about Colton Wong ever since he broke in be four seasons ago now. Kinda of just always been a fan of his tool set. I think you gotta keep him. I mean, as far as the middle infield is going, if you were to you know, if you were to talk about it at the beginning of the year which which middle infielder Aledmus Diaz or Colton Wong would be hitting three hundred with an OPS over nine hundred as you mentioned. As we turned the calendar over to May, I think most people would say Diaz, but Wong has kind of stabilized that middle infield, at least from an offensive standpoint and you know he's second only to Jed Jerko in batting average, and he's driving extra base hits. I think he's on pace now for 48 doubles this year, um, a couple triples, hit a home run. Hopefully, you see him clear the fence maybe a little bit more since we all know he's got the pop, the pop in that bat. But I mean the offense is struggling to begin the year, and that's been well documented. And I, I know it's early in the year. Um, you know bats will heat up as the weather heats up. That's that's the uh, the old adage. But I think Wong is doing a great job for the Cardinals right now. He brings a lot of different elements to the field. And I think they need to ride his hot streak as long as they can, especially while they try to kind of put everything together and hopefully get on, get on a winning streak here pretty soon.
2: Yeah, uh, you have to keep him. Uh, it's It's getting to the point where, yes, sometimes he can frustrate you on the offensive side of the ball and also, you know, well-documented on the defensive side of the ball. But he right now is the player with the most upside on the Cardinals, in my opinion. When you were looking at him, you know, last year, beginning of spring training, it was easy to, you know, kind of say, oh, well, here we go again, but he's really uh, turned it up a notch and I, I'm going to give some kind of credit to Mike Matheny and putting for putting Colton Wong out there and playing. I mean, that's what you have to do as a manager. Um, And so I give Matheny some credit for actually sticking to the plan and putting him out there.
0: Matheny did come under some criticism for his, I guess you could call it flip-flopping way of handling this Colton Wong situation. I know a lot of people feel that Matheny just doesn't give Wong enough chances out there. If Wong struggles briefly for a game, he's likely to not get the start the next day. And I think a lot of people feel frustrated with that. Personally, I understand it. I think we've seen a lot of inconsistency from Colton Wong, not just in terms of production but also mental consistency. It's a guy who we all tout his glove and his speed, but he's got, you know, he's had a lot of base running issues, been picked off multiple times. But also his the consistency in terms of his approach to his at bats. Nathan, you mentioned that surprising pop that he has. Tito and I have talked about this before. I think that home run that Colton Wong hit in the postseason years ago was like the worst thing that ever happened to him because we've seen him time and time again with runners in scoring position just try to jack it out of the park, and yeah, it's nice that he's got that pop, but I don't really think that's the kind of player that he is, so it's been really nice to see him this year taking the right kind of approach to games, something I feel like we've seen him do since he was called back up from Memphis last year
1: yeah no i I would agree with you totally, and when we're talking about pop, it doesn't always have to be you know clear in the boards. I think one of the one of the best things to see with Colton Wong this year is I think he's you know up near the team lead in extra base hits but most of those are doubles as we said and he's kind of been peppering that right field corner a lot recently had an, had another double into the corner tonight as part of his 3 for 4 night but he's also embracing his skill set I mean he stole his third base of the year tonight yes he's struggled on the bases a little bit with some pickoffs but I think you know as Colton Wong's bat goes so so goes his his base running and his defense that's kind of been kind of been the narrative over his brief career so far. So I think, you know, he's gonna get the playing time. Matheny gave him the vote of confidence a couple nights ago when he said, you know, when he had that tough error in extra innings against Milwaukee that led to the that extended the inning and allowed that three run home run, you know, Matheny pulled him aside before uh anyone went to the media and said, Look, brush it off. You're gonna be in the lineup again tomorrow night And I think a lot of the Cardinals media members were commenting how then when Matheny went to the media and said um, voluntarily without being asked that, Hey, Colton's been playing really good baseball. Don't worry about him. He'll be in there next night. That was kind of the first time Matheny had gone that uh, publicly that strongly about Colton Wong. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing for Colton.
2: The only way he's going to grow is if you stick to it every day. I mean, you have to, you have to give him a chance to play. And at this point, I mean, if he's getting on base, and he's got an OPS over 900, you might want to start considering moving him up in the lineup. I mean, now that Dexter Fowler's injured, I wouldn't be surprised if Colton Wong is batting leadoff tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point, especially with, um, you know, I actually just wrote a piece a uh, a few days ago talking about Colton Wong's surge at the plate and kind of kicking the tires on perhaps moving him up to the second spot in the lineup. And we saw tonight for the first time, uh, this season, Oledmus Diaz getting uh, pushed down to the sixth spot in the lineup. Diaz had a good night. He went three for five, but Piscotti was the guy that took that second spot, and he and he also went out with a hamstring strain. So it'll be interesting to see where Colton fits into the lineup, especially since uh, he's been producing at the plate. First or second, I think both would be a fit for him. And uh, one 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 other thing about Colton that I think is worth mentioning is, you know, it's easy to say, well, he's on a hot streak that, you know, he he's, he's producing because he's playing every day. But It'll be interesting to see how he and Matheny respond, you know, when that bat cools off a little bit. Obviously, we want to see Colton hitting around three hundred all year, and I think he's capable of that. But you know, he'll have a cold streak here in the season. We'll see if that narrative changes at all when that happens.
0: I agree. Let's talk about that lineup, though, guys. Uh, more specifically, the two-hole. As we've seen, Matheny kind of struggled to figure it out all year. We've seen Piscotty get some looks there. You just talked about Colton Wong getting some looks there. Who do you guys feel should be hitting second in this lineup?
2: I personally think it's it's Piscotty. I wrote a piece not too long ago about the Cardinals shopping for a third baseman. And I kind of briefly mentioned that, you know, Piscotty serving as a four hitter isn't the most ideal position for him. And if you actually take a look at the numbers, he's actually a better two hitter than he is a four hitter. And by better hitter, I mean he almost bats uh, close to thirty, almost forty points higher on his average, and his power actually is pretty identical than in the four spot.
1: Yeah, and we saw Pascotti in the in the two spot tonight. Obviously, it all um, it's all kind of contingent on you know how long will Piscotty be out if that hamstring strain is serious or not. I think I think Matheny would like the idea of having Pascotti hit second for a while. As, uh, as Diaz tries to find his swing and get himself going. Um, but, I mean, if if Pascotti and Fowler are both out for an extended of period of time, you're going to have to see Mike Matheny start getting creative with that two-hole. And it could be Colton Wong. You might give a look at Randall Gritchick. He's seen some time you know, higher in the lineup in previous seasons. He's kind of been batting 5th, 6th, 7th range pretty much all year this year. I mean, maybe even Matt Carpenter. I mean... Then, of course, the question becomes, who's your who's your number three hitter going to be if you move Carpenter up? But I mean, if you recall, there was that one game that Carpenter bumped into the umpire and got ejected back in Milwaukee. A couple of days later, Matheny had Carpenter in the two spot. That was, of course, the game then that Carpenter, uh, the league, broke the news that Carpenter would be suspended for that game. So Matheny did have to shuffle that around. But we haven't seen Carpenter back in that two spot in the lineup. But the lineup was released with Carpenter in that two spot initially before he had to serve that suspension so I wonder if Matheny might revisit that.
0: Yeah, the Matt Carpenter thing really intrigues me as well. Uh, I wrote a piece last year about an interesting phenomenon with Carpenter. He's got sort of the skill set, right? The typical skill set you would see in a three or four hitter. He slugs the ball well. Like you said, Tito, he's got that uppercut type of swing. But interestingly enough, for a slower guy who likes to slug the ball, he's always performed better in the leadoff spot. And Our former colleague, Zach Gifford, has pointed out several times that his struggles in the three or four spot thus far could be attributed to just bad luck. You know, Zach's pretty big on exit velocity, and he's mentioned that Carps looks pretty good, but nonetheless, he just seems to struggle for whatever reason when he's not near the top of the order. So it would be interesting to see how he fares in that second spot, and if you can have guys like Fowler and Carpenter getting on base consistently at the top of the lineup that might do wonders for this lineup, except like you said, Nathan, the question then becomes, well, who would hit three or four as there's just a, an absolute lack of, of a true three or four hitter on this team right now.
2: I kind of want to revisit a comment that Nate mentioned of Grichik hitting second. I'm sorry, but there's just no way <laughs> he, uh, he's just, he just has underperformed any expectation that you could have with him right now. Granted, He is a young kid. He's still, you know, still developing his swing. But for a guy that strikes out as much as he does in your two hole, that won't cut it for the Cardinals who now find themselves a full two games back. I think two and a half, actually, of first place. And if you're going to win games, you've got to be consistent in your first three in your lineup. I would be more intrigued to see the Cardinals' corresponding move with these two injuries because you'd certainly make a case for Tommy Pham to come up, and he would probably be your center fielder, your starting center fielder, and maybe uh, Jose Martinez will come back in and play outfield as well. He'll probably be in left field to take over for Gritchick while Grichik slides over to right. So if that's the case, my lineup would then probably look like long Tommy Pham, Matt Carpenter as your one, two, three.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, this is the first year that Carpenter entered the season as the three hitter, whereas in previous years, you know, he was, you know, the leadoff hitter for a while, kind of mid season, went to the three hole, struggled. A lot was made of, well, can he hit in the three hole? He started off kind of slowly, but I mean, tonight he drew three walks. I mean, that's what we always saw him do in the leadoff in the leadoff position. And he's, you know, he's driven in 10 runs in the last six or seven games or so. So I think
0: I think Carpenter will be fine in, th- in the three hole. And he does seem like the ideal candidate on this team to hit there. The other spot, guys, that is a huge question mark, seemingly, is the cleanup spot. Matheny tried to have Johnny Peralta fill that role to start the year. That did not work out. And the Cardinals find themselves with a lack of a true cleanup guy. Who would you guys like to see in that spot? And humor me here, do you think Randall Gritchett could ever end up hitting cleanup for this team?
1: Yeah, well, we've seen Jed Jerko get, get the majority of the cleanup at-bats recently, and I think most of that is just uh, attributed to it, the hot streak he's been on. You know, he leads the team in, in long balls, and he's hitting three thirty eight even after a one-for-five night tonight. I think, you know, honestly, if we're, being, if we're being candid here, the Cardinals do not have a very good option at cleanup as it stands right now. You kind of go with a hot hand. Jerko's been, been the guy there, but if you're looking for a long-term solution, you you mentioned Randall Grichik being in cleanup. You know, I remember he started last season as the cleanup hitter on opening day, and then struggled for about two games, and that was it. And that that was the chance he got to hit cleanup. You know, if if he can get that strikeout rate down, Tito mentioned the strikeout rate. I just looked it up. It's he's striking out in about a third of his at bats to begin the year you know we've we've seen him drive the ball he's hitting 234 you know he's he had a recent modest seven or eight game hitting streak but i mean grichik he's such a flash in the pan an up and down player with you know tons of potential i don't think anyone denies that but i just i just don't see him being a better option than a steven Biscotti or even a judge or a cleanup at this point
2: nate is absolutely on the on the money here there is no prototypical four hitter i mean it's a it's a thing that has plagued the Cardinals for a really long time. It's pretty much since Albert Pujols left, you've seen this kind of transition to where the Cardinals lose Albert Pujols, had Matt Holiday for your four-hitter, Pujols leaves, Matt Holiday takes over as the three-hitter. Ever since that time, there really has not been a, a hitter that has been your four-hitter, a guy that can literally clean up anything that the three hitter or possibly the two hitter doesn't, you know, doesn't get. So to to put Jed Jerko in this spot is the makes the most sense right now because of his at bats. I mean, he's giving you a quality at bat. Even one for five isn't that bad. I mean, he barely missed. He barely missed hitting a home run in his last at bat. I mean, if you watch, if you were watching the game, that's that curveball that Neftali Feliz threw was almost eye level. And Jerko was just out in front of it. A lazy fly ball could have easily been a home run and the Cardinals could have easily won six to five there. Piscotty, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, his numbers are practically the same if he was hitting out of the two hole. So, I mean, I, I just, I don't like Piscotty in that situation because uh, my prototypical four hitter usually has more power. And actually, speaking of Stephen Piscotti, news just came out that said that he's not going to be traveling with the team this weekend.
1: Who tweeted that out? Because I'm reading a tweet by Brian Stoll right now that says positive news from Piscati says more like a mild spasm, optimistic that he will join the team after evaluation tomorrow.
2: I just actually, I read it off of the score, will not travel. But I mean, hey, Brian, Brian Stoll is there, so he'll probably know a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's all in
1: that speculation stage, probably. I mean, that would be good news for Piscotty. I mean, he dodged a bullet early in the year when he, you know, he got hit three times in, in one <laughs> sequence. Yeah, uh, he, Well,
0: he almost he didn't, couldn't dodge the baseball, but he was able to avoid disaster. Right.
2: I've got a question for you guys. Are we concerned that Steven Piscotty and Aledmus Diaz are going through a sophomore slump?
0: I'm more concerned about Diaz than Piscotty. Maybe I'm being a bit naive, but I just saw so much from Piscotty in his first couple of seasons in terms of just the right approach, right? He just doesn't seem like a young player. He plays like a veteran, so to speak, in my opinion, and he's the kind of guy that seems like the perfect player for this Cardinals organization. I have a hard time believing Piscotty doesn't turn into the player we all hope he will. Diaz is starting to concern me a little bit, man. I'm worried that the, what we saw last year was a flash in the pan and not the kind of guy we can expect day in, day out.
1: Yeah, and I'm no expert on all the uh, all the Sabre metrics and in-depth statistics, but uh, you know from the things I've seen and the things I've seen people write on, yeah, Diaz is not does not have the same approach at the plate this season as he had last year. I mean, he's only drawn two walks this year, so he's swinging at more pitches, uh, being more aggressive early in counts. You know, we saw he grounded out to end the game tonight on the first pitch of the at-bat, I mean he's got five home runs I believe so I mean he's we've seen him drive the ball he's got such a sweet swing when he makes contact I mean that ball just jumps off the bat and that's well documented of course but I mean you can just tell something's off at the plate you know in the field I mean his range has not been great you know we kind of all expected him to improve in year number 2 after he made uh plenty of errors last year to put it lightly but I mean yeah, it'll be something to monitor as the season, as the season goes along. I, I feel as if, you know, kind of moving him out of that second spot is kind of the first step to say, okay, you know, we, uh, Matheny's noticing his struggles. Uh, it seems as if they're still committed to him at shortstop. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Johnny Peralta's on the mend. Peralta's a veteran. He's proven himself. Obviously, he didn't get off to a great start this year before landing on the disabled list. But Peralta's a natural shortstop. I mean, if Jericho keeps hitting, Peralta could maybe squeeze Diaz for some time at short. And of course, you got Greg Garcia, who, who's you know he takes some good at bats and he plays good defense. So I mean, he's certainly uh, making bids
2: for playing time. You made an interesting comment, Nate, that he's swinging at the first pitch. He's a he's beginning to remind me of Yadier Molina a little bit with that approach. And you're gonna if you're gonna go up with. A first pitch approach—it has to be a pitch you can handle. If it is on the inside part of the plate and you're not ready, you better not swing. Just a little
1: bit of uh, a news—we uh, got Piscotti quoted after the game saying he has quote a very mild muscle spasm. Extremely good news. There's no damage. So that from the uh, from the mouth of Piscotti after the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's different than a hamstring strain. That's for sure because the strain. Any kind of strain is is an actual tear. To hear that it's just muscle spasms, I can see him still traveling. They'll probably hold him out Friday. I think your corresponding
0: move is Tommy Pham. Welcome back. I'm glad you brought that back up, man, because I I do want to talk about Tommy Pham a little bit. People are really, really keen on having him called up. He's having a great year in Memphis. And I remember during the offseason when the discussion surrounding whether the Cardinals should keep Brandon Moss or not was happening – Fam's name came up a lot, right? Why don't we hang on to guys like Hazel Baker and Fam? One quick note on Fam: I'm not quite as high on him as everyone else is. I think people often forget that Fam's not actually a prospect. He's not a particularly young player. Uh, his name is just new, right? It's just recently relevant. And if you look at his his statistics across the full season, what he's done for the Cardinals in the past, it's it's really nothing exceptional. That being said, when you have this many injuries to your outfield, and you've got a manager trying to stick Matt Adams in left field. I can understand where the desire to see Tommy Pham comes from
1: yeah I think I think fam is is the first man up definitely from Memphis if if you're in need of an outfielder uh, Of course everyone was expecting him to make the opening day roster as the reserve outfielder, and then we had the Jose Martinez show in spring training, much like Hazel Baker last season. But yeah, we've seen we've seen Pham with flashes of brilliance. Uh, you know, he had he's had hot he's had hot streaks, but he's also struggled at the plate in, in some major league time. And as you mentioned, he's he's twenty nine years old, so he's by no means a young prospect who's got at least with the Cardinals, I think it's fair to say he doesn't have a career as a starting outfielder in St. Louis. I mean, you know, we've seen value uh from Fam as a fourth outfielder, and I mean he might get another shot at that if we, you know, if we have some injuries, uh if Fowler lands on the disabled list, perhaps. But yeah, I mean you know, I'm not too high on Fam either. I mean we've you know, he's I think what we've seen in the major leagues from Fam is about is about the player he would be
2: in the major leagues. I think you when you say he has a hot start in Memphis, well he better. I mean, he's seen major league pitching, so he better be able to hit triple A pitching at this point because it's like you guys are saying, he's not he doesn't have a starting role in the Cardinals outfield. Not I mean not any time in the foreseeable future, obviously barring injury. But if you if you're a player that has seen major league talent, can hit major league talent, because we know he can. I mean he's had his, his moments. I mean, think of the playoffs, you know, two years ago when he hit one out and I think game one against the Cubs. Yep, John Lester. On right. The and, you know, he's, he almost reminds me of a Shane Robinson. I don't know if you guys get that feeling, but he, he kind of was, you know, a utility outfielder, essentially, if there's ever such a thing as a utility outfielder. But he gives you a good at-bat sometimes, and then other times you're just like, man – I wish you could put it together consistently because you'd be awesome. But yeah, so to- Right.
0: And again, he's not, like we said, he's 29. Yeah. right? So this is, this is the player that he is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's definitely
2: you know, not changing anytime soon. And it really is a question of consistency. If he can remain hot, what is the, what are the Cardinals going to do? Because at that point, if he's going to remain hot, um, uh, you might want to consider making a trade I mean it's gonna it's gonna happen. I mean uh I'm almost to the point though it's like, okay, you've got somebody like Harrison Bader raking in Memphis it's almost It's almost to the point like, okay, would we rather see a young kid get his crack or do we go with a veteran a uh you know a proven solid guy to get us through these hard times?
1: Yeah. And of course, when you talk about Tommy Pham, the other thing, you know, when you hear the word consistency with Tommy Pham, part of that is just staying on the field. I mean, his, his injury history is, of course, well-documented. You know, he was going to get a shot as the fourth outfielder last year and then got injured on opening day, you know, got the opening day start even. And I mean, he hasn't had any injuries so far this year, but it's almost as if, you know, his, his time has his time has come and gone kind of with that. And that's unfortunate. I mean, injuries Obviously a part of the game, but players always don't have, you know, complete control over those. And he also has that vision issue that I don't know too much about. But I know he's, you know, uh, messed around with, you know, wearing contacts, not wearing contacts. I think at one point he even had uh, cataract surgery. So you wonder how much that still affects him. I mean, he's, yes, he's off to a good start in Memphis. But as, as Tito mentioned, you know, he better be because, I mean, he's seen, he's seen the best already in the major leagues. And right now he's just blocked.
0: Agreed. Well, there's more questions to be answered, you guys. But it's not just third base. It's not just the lineup. And it's not just the outfield. There's a lot of question marks with this pitching staff as well. Uh, the starting rotation has been interesting. We've seen ple- It's been a pleasant surprise from Michael Walker and, and uh, Mike Leake has been really the best pitcher on the staff. It's nice to see Lance back, but we haven't sort of, I, I don't have that same confidence right now in the front of our rotation Martinez bounced back. He looked great in his last start, but he has looked more like an ace by default than a true ace so far. And our guy, Adam Wainwright, I mean, this is just making me sad. He is he's struggling, you guys. And I think it's to the point where it's a reasonable question to ask if Alex Reyes was healthy. You know, would the Cardinals have to be considering moving Wainwright to the pen right now?
1: Yeah, it's a legitimate question about Alex Reyes, you know, if he were healthy, if he would supplant Wainwright in the rotation. Of course, he entered uh, spring training, uh, expected to compete with Michael Walker for the rotation spot, but uh, walker has been good so far through the first month and change, and Wainwright's, you know, statistically and, you know, given the eye test and the sabermetrics, has been the most disappointing starter for the Cardinals this season. Um you know, five of his six starts have not uh, gotten into the sixth inning. Even his ERAs in the sixes seems like he's giving up double di- double-digit hits each start, even though he's only going about five innings. Um, an interesting note is uh, the BABIP for Wainwright, which is batting average on balls in play, is you know up near 500, which is uh, you know quite high. Uh, so that's expected to maybe regress to the mean, but. You know he's giving up a lot of hard hit balls, so it's not just the balls that are being hit in play against Wainwright, but I mean most of them are being hit hard. So when you're when you're getting hit hard as a pitcher, a lot of those are going to end up as base hits.
2: And you mentioned batting average with uh, with balls in play. Um, if you if you had a chance to look at my latest article, uh, where I say Mike Leake is the team's MVP in April. His BAP is 250. So, literally half of what Wainwright's is. So, you're, I mean, it's, it, that's how extreme it is right now with your best pitcher in Mike Leake and probably statistically your worst pitcher in Adam Wainwright. So, would he, would Reyes uh, take over? <sighs> that's a tough question because, I mean, we all know how Mike Matheny is with his guys and Wainwright is one of those players where I feel like you can't, you couldn't replace him in the rotation. He would have to do it himself. He would literally have to tell Matheny, you know what? I don't have it anymore. Put me back in the, put me in the bullpen. I'll be your, you know, your six, six, seven guy, but Matheny is not going to make that call. That's, that is Adam Wainwright's call. It's, and you know what? it's a it'll be a similar situation when Carson Kelly comes up and is ready for MLB action when you have Yadier Molina still here not that it's going to be probably that big of a deal cuz Molina probably still playing at a pretty good level but you can kind of foresee that conversation happening and saying okay Molina when is when's enough is enough so come on you got to get out but i you know i I'm holding out for Wayne on Wainwright for maybe you know two, three more starts, uh but you know you have to wonder if the cardinals you know if the Cardinals were to make a move and that would be a starting pitcher, then yeah, I mean you'd have to consider you'd have to consider it i mean it's if you want to win games, you can't have a pitcher that's going to give up you know six earned runs every single time. He goes out to bat when the team itself can't even score more than five runs.
0: Uh, it just makes me so sad, you guys. Like, I'd almost rather watch Wainwright get shelled than see him
2: no. stuck in the pen. No, man. <laughs> I, losing, yeah, yeah, yeah. losing is the worst thing in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen Wainwright be so good for so many years, and I mean, it just seems like that Achilles tear, like we were all expecting him to come back from it. No problem. He even spent some time in the pen at the end of the 2015 season. And I mean, that's not a reason for saying, oh, well, he'd be good in the pen now since he was good in the pen uh, previously. I mean, but I think another this is all theoretical, of course, but you wonder how much influence maybe g- the general manager, John Mozeliak would have in a call like that. I mean, Matheny had the Matt Adams experiment going strong through week one and then Mo kind of just put the foot down and said, you know, enough is enough. And Matheny said, "All right, well, I'll put Diaz in left field instead, as he did tonight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much of that we'll see in the future, of course, but I mean, yeah, it's intriguing. I think you know, Wayno's definitely one of Matheny's guys, and you know, when we say Matheny's guys, it kind of has a negative connotation, and I mean, deservedly so for a lot of the a lot of the uh, you know decisions that have been made in previous years. But I mean, Wayno's been there from day one for the Cardinals. He and Yadier Molina." you know most starts by a battery in cardinals history they just you know set that record and i mean yeah it's 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 tough to see wainwright struggle you know he keeps saying you know i feel good you know i'm i'm going to be the same pitcher i've always been but i mean it's well documented at the end of a lot of pitchers careers they do have to reinvent themselves and it seems like waino's kind of you know uh opposed to that type of change at least here initially because he trusts his stuff but I mean, if he wants to have longevity in the Cardinals' rotation, you wonder how much he might begin to tinker with his repertoire, mixing of pitches. And I'm sure Yadier Molina is on the same page with him about that. So, I mean, maybe they're doing a little bit of that now. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he pitches in the next coming starts. But we just don't have that same confidence in Wainwright that we used to have, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate.
0: You're, yeah, and that's a good point, man. He may have to change his approach, and he just doesn't have that same dominating, filthy stuff. And rather than trying to shut shut guys down or throw perfect pitches, he might need to try to become one of those guys that pitches to contact and is is prone to giving up three runs, but is able to weather that storm. Right. I, I, mean, I saw or, it, sorry, go ahead, brother.
1: No, I was just you know, or he could remake remake himself as a as a pinch hitter or something like that because you know he has. Or- you know, or he the has... closer,
0: man. Or the closer, stick him back in the closing role.
1: Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting as well. I mean, he's 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 been great at the plate. I mean, no one can no one can complain about his performance at the plate so far this year. So we're looking for a silver silver lining uh, this year, and even last year he was he was good at the plate too. So Wainwright still has some value. We just like to it's, see it on the mound, of course.
0: It's been one of my favorite parts of being a Cardinal fan over this last you know decade. Or... Watching Wainwright get pinch hit at bats, it's awesome. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, we move from the rotation to the bullpen. More question marks. God, I'm tired of asking questions. O does not look the same, you guys. He struggled so far to start the year after absolutely dominating last year when the cards needed him to step up as Rosenthal was inconsistent, struggled, and ultimately injured. Uh, Rosenthal's looked better this year still not quite the consistency you'd like to see out of your closer but better I want to know where you guys land here who would you like to see as the closer moving forward
2: Um, I don't know if you guys saw this but uh, Brendan uh, Schaefer put out a poll or I think somebody had pulled out a poll where it was like who would you rather close Trevor Rosenthal uh, oh or committee I said committee Um, I just at this point it's Again, it's about winning games. Um, I don't care how early it is in the season. Um, you're there to win games. And if you have to use O in the eighth inning because it matches up well, then you better be using O in the eighth inning and Rosenthal coming in close or vice versa. It, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, it, is it nice to have an established role? Sure. But that's their role. Just tell him, you guys are closer by committee. You work together. End of story. Um, But, you know, O has been struggling, I think, primarily due to the fact that this is his second go-around. People have seen him already, so they know what he's got. So he's just got to be a better pitcher. Rosenthal coming back is nice. Um, and And he looks to have the same velocity, which is nice. I think uh, stretching him out was the smartest thing that the Cardinals could do for him. It just gives him some better stamina, which I think is what has plagued him in his career.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I really like what I've seen from Rosenthal this year. His velocity is, you know, just as good, if not even better. I mean, we've seen him hit triple digits with regularity already early in the season. And that's, mind you, coming off of this lat injury that has still kind of uh, you know hindered him a little bit as far as his workload. We haven't really seen him in back-to-back days. Of course, he threw 30-plus pitches over the weekend in that game against Cincinnati that he got roughed up. But, I mean, in his three saves, he's looked good. I mean, the fastball, he's, he's not walking guys as much as he has, um, aside from that blip against the Reds. Um, and that that breaking ball, is kind of it's kind of new it's uh sharper than it's been he's using it more that that's that that looks like a wipeout pitch to me that slider cutter whatever you want to call it it's a slider slider okay yeah the uh the at bat like tracks always is messing up with pitches it'll call like change-ups fastballs and stuff so that's because his change-up is a fastball (laughs) velocity-wise yes yeah fair point fair point um yeah, but Oh, I mean, O's looked better recently. I mean the bomb he gave up to Travis Shaw was a slider down and in. It wasn't even the strike zone. I mean, that's a good piece of hitting. And he's out of that inning, of course, without the error. Um I think, you know, O is the closer right now. It's not really a committee approach that Matheny's taking, and the the chances that Rosenthal has gotten are results of, you know, O having a heavy workload early in the season recently, whether it's pitching in back to back days or um, just you know pitching 20-plus pitches or a couple innings the day before. So I think Matheny's been cautious with those workload. Uh, Rosenthal obviously has a limitation on his workload, too. He had that injury. Um, but, I mean, both have looked okay. I mean, Rosenthal, I would be inclined to say, has looked even better than O, but he hasn't pitched as much.
0: And it's a nice change of pace for Matheny, right, uh, giving these guys a rest. I know a lot of people felt... Yeah. He was maybe indirectly, if not directly, responsible for Rosenthal's injury. As we know, he worked him and Segrist into the ground. Um, So that would be another appeal of, you know, to Tito's point of some sort of committee, which, you know, we haven't seen yet. But if that were to be the case, you know, it would prevent Matheny from murdering the arms and shoulders of Owen Rosenthal.
1: Yep. I mean, it's too bad as you bring up Segrist, it seems like, yeah, that's kind of caught up with him. You know, he right. he started spring training with that, you know, with that soreness and he had to be kind of eased along. And, you know, Segrist, frankly, has not looked that good. His fastball, you know, a few ticks down in velocity. He's throwing his curveball and change up a lot more than he has in recent years. And, you know, that could be because his fastball is flatter, uh, you know, less speed on it, less confidence in it. I mean, his his curveball looks all right. I mean, he pitched he pitched well tonight you know, with a scoreless inning, did give up a couple of base hits. But Segrist, you know, you don't have the confidence in Segrist that you used to have, you know, when he was, you know, lights out in the 7th and 8th innings. Right. For it kind of looks
0: like uh, kind of looks like Matt Bowman has slid into that old Segrist yeah. role though. By the way, yeah, shout out I mean, to Matt Bowman, by the Rule 5 draft pick holding this down for a couple of years now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Bowman had a great start to the year, you know, with the 9 or 10 scoreless appearances to begin the year, and then, That was part of a bigger streak that dated back to early September last year. Uh, Bowman's been roughed around a little bit recently. I mean, he gave up the the game-winning home run tonight. ERA's almost up to four now. Um, Overused, man. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowman's been a good option for Matheny, and he kind of was the only good option for a while. And yeah, he was being being perhaps overused, as you said. So it'll be interesting to see how Bowman comes along. Do
2: you guys see Tommy Pham is actually on his way to St. Louis now? What is the uh, corresponding move? Uh, is it too
0: late to get Matt Holliday back because he just <laughs> hit his three hundredth career home run. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah.
2: Too yeah, late that on that. Late. That ship sailed. Uh, I would assume the corresponding room it, m- move is going to be Dexter Fowler to ten day DL. S- seems like it. Yeah. I mean, he's getting it. So means... He's going to get his MRI tonight. So I'm I'm going to guess Cardinals will play it safe. He'll go to, he'll go on the DL and uh, Tommy Pham will. I'm telling you. It's it's looking like Tommy Pham will be your starting center fielder tomorrow. Do you, yeah, I mean that's that's probably of course
1: if Pascotti isn't in the lineup because I mean Grichik can slide over to center like he did tonight,
2: and you see Jose Martinez getting some getting some reps. Yeah, I, I mean I, I, I guess I could see that um, as well, but I'm gonna I think again they'll play it safe with Escotti tomorrow, even if even if he were healthy, I think they're gonna they'll play it safe. Gritchick will be your starting right fielder. Martinez will be in left. Tommy Fam, Pham. Fam, a Ding Dong.
1: Yeah. So, so you think Tommy Fam is a better defensive option in center than Gritchick? Then
2: no, I don't. <laughs> uh, I, 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 no, I don't. I just think Tommy Fam has played more innings in center field than Randall Gritchick. Okay. And, th- and that'll be enough for Matheny to make a decision,
1: I'm
0: sure.
2: Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's
0: the, it's going to be Dr. Miles the, in center field. The
2: only other option is you put Tommy Pham in left, Martinez in right, and Grichik in center. That's the only maybe other. We, maybe we
1: see Matt Adams in center. Nope. They ruled him out in left, but nope. maybe we see him. The only place <laughs> I
2: want Matt Adams is on the bench. Thank you. On the pot. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: You can stick Wainwright in center. It's fine. No, <laughs> I, I.
1: To be fair, though, I would be more confident with Wainwright in the outfield than Matt Adams.
2: Um, that'd be a, that'd be really interesting. I'd like to actually. There's our
0: next poll. Yeah, that's a good poll question. Yeah,
2: do it. Let's do it after. Who, this. Runs, who
1: runs our Twitter account? Yeah, that'd be a good a good one to put up. All
0: right, gentlemen, we're almost done here. But before we go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you on your opinions. Of our fearless leader, Mike Matheny. Guys, last year I wrote a column defending Mike Matheny based on the team success we've seen and how it was almost unprecedented really for that start to a career. Um, he has made me feel like an idiot every day since. If you are on Cardinals Twitter at all, you you know how the fan base feels about this guy. They're ready to let him go now. So I'm gonna just a little you know fun experiment here, guys. If I told you that as of tomorrow. Or by tomorrow, Mike Matheny could be fired out of town. Would you say yes?
2: I'm a huge supporter of Jose Okendo. I re- originally wanted Jose Okendo to to manage the St. Louis Cardinals, but right now, Matheny's problems are fixable. He can learn to be a better manager if he gets the proper tutelage. The two things that I worry about from him are his bullpen bullpen management. And lineup management; those are the two things that I just I know he needs to work on. If he can,
0: and those are t- those are two pretty important. Yeah, things. yeah. No,
2: <laughs> don't don't get me wrong; it, they are important. I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna go all out and fire him, just get it over with. You should have done it a long time ago, in my opinion.
0: But you're you're not comfortable with like a mid season or this early in the yeah, season? Yeah, I, I, no. It up. I
2: mean. Um, if the team were, uh, let's say, like the Royals right now, god-awful, I think the Royals have only won like nine games or something like that. I mean, if, it's, if they were last place in the Central Division, absolutely. But they're only two and a half games back. It's not that bad.
0: You know, the Cubs aren't off to quite as hot a start, and it's when you're chasing the Brewers and the Reds, the sense of urgency isn't quite... You know, I, I don't expect those teams to be contending as the season goes on. So I get your point, Tito. Like, the Titanic has not sunk yet, and there's no need to rock the boat, right?
1: I think the answer if to the question, would I fire him tomorrow, is probably no. I would agree with Tito. Uh, something that's interesting, as we have seen a month and a few days of play in the 2017 edition of the Cardinals, is it seems strikingly familiar to the 2016 Cardinals. As far as you know, base running, uh, defense, you know, a fair amount of home runs so far this year, and I mean, if these things can't be fixed, it has to eventually, you know, stem up to the top, and Mike Matheny's gonna, you know, he's gonna have to bear responsibility for that, and I know he's been proactive with a lot of defensive help. They brought in Willie McGee, you know, even mid, you know, mid season here, as opposed to only, you know, getting these guys in for spring training work, but I mean. Compared probably to your average Cardinals Twitter follower person, um, I'm probably not you know as harsh a critic of Mike Matheny. Um, it's it's hard not to be a critic of Mike Matheny, but you know I think he does deserve some some praise for when he does something right. I think a lot of cynical people will say, well, you know a blind squirrel will find a nut every once in a while, but I mean the Cardinals have been one of the I mean not not just one of the better, but the best pinch hitting team in baseball last year and this year. And, you know, Mike Matheny is making those decisions, those pinch hitting decisions. Mike Matheny has handled the Trevor Rosenthal and Sung Wan O oh situation in the ninth inning pretty well this season. You know, since opening day, the Cardinals have not blown a ninth inning save. Uh but yeah, I mean he's he's not he's not a great manager. I think we all pretty much know that. I, I don't know if he'll, you know, be in Saint Louis much longer, especially if the Cardinals miss the playoffs this year. His contract runs through twenty twenty. Um but yeah, mid season firing, especially in May, I think you gotta be practical, uh, when when presented with that and say No, I was just
0: trying to gauge you guys against yeah. the uh the negative cesspool that is Cardinals Twitter. Quick note, as a displaced Cardinals fan, I grew up in New Jersey. My whole life I thought that that was just a land of happy, positive, <laughs> classy folk, and I joined Twitter this year. And holy god, dude, um,
2: you have to understand with every single fan base, you get the good and the bad, and then you get the right between right, right.
0: exactly. And I understand how it works. It's it's easy to get likes and follows when you're making Matt Adams jokes, but um, I I do think you made a good point, Nathan. Like the the criticism was a is a bit much. I it's like at one point a couple of years ago. People around the league, maybe not fans, but people in the league, players and coaches, regarded Mike Matheny quite highly. I mean, in all those players and coaches' polls, he was voted as a top-five manager. And look, we haven't loved the in-game management or the in-game strategy all the time, uh, but the team's success has been there. And this team went to a World Series with Mike at the helm. In his first four years, they were as successful as any team in a manager's first four years. I know that some people feel like that team was just so talented that it was hard to screw up. I don't actually necessarily know if that's true. I don't think that these really were all time great Cardinal teams. And for all the criticism Matheny takes from us, the players seem to like playing for him.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with your comment on, you know, how much of that 2012, 2013 teams was on just the team being great as opposed to Matheny being a good manager right away. I mean, those were transition years for the Cardinals. Yes, they just right. won a World Series, but they lost Albert Pujols. He was the right. face of the franchise for the longest time. So, I mean, Matheny didn't manage a team with Albert Pujols, but that team was in transition, you know, managerial transition and also transition with your players on the field.
0: Right. I mean, I, sur- I surely didn't expect that type of success headed into the season, but um, They were they were hiding. Or or, excuse me, they were riding a remarkable streak in terms of hitting with runners in scoring position. Didn't they finish like above three thirty as a team that year? Something silly. Yeah, I think
1: three thirty was the mark in twenty thirteen.
0: And I mean, guys, that's really been um, you know it's still early in the season. But one thing that's really concerning about this year's team is they have continued that trend from last year of of just horrendous hitting with runners in scoring position and. You know, at least last year there was some pop and some unexpected pop on that team. Um, this year, it is concerning. Uh, it does seem to be a, d- a development. Yeah,
2: yes, but there's a reason for it. When you guys, when the team takes on players that are, for instance, Jed Jerko, two forty three hitter career wise, uh, Randall Grichik, who's struggling to hit the ball in play at all. Um, you have El Diaz who swings and hits a ground ball into the dirt almost practically almost every time right now. Um, you've got pieces in the lineup that don't really fit that MO of driving in runs in, uh, with runners in scoring position. You know, those, those players are at the top of your lineup, and that would be Matt Carpenter and Steven Biscotti. And Molina will occasionally do it, um, but he's all he also has to have players in front of him. So when you're not getting on base either, is very difficult to do that. Um, so you know, Wong is Wong out of the uh, the eighth hole is probably your best player doing that. So it's almost as if you want you almost want to consider him in your four in your four hole, <laughs> it, which is which is a sad thought because you know he it's a sad thought cuz he's just not that kind of player but i mean it's like i said earlier you it doesn't even matter how early it is at this point you've got to win games if that's what wins you games man you would look like the smartest manager in the entire world
0: all right gentlemen well i think we're about out of time here but thanks for joining me and it was nice to I guess technically this is us meeting each other, no? I don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll say that. We'll say it counts.
0: All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me. And thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you uh, follow us on SoundCloud. It's Redbird Rants. And check out our website, huh? it's redbirdrants.com, part of the fan-sided network. If you're a Cardinals fan, just got to be checking it out every day.
1: Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to the next one.
0: All right. That's Nathan. That's Tito. I'm Brendan. We are St. Louis, we are fan-sided.